The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily state or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 11th of February, 2023. I'm your host, Bad Billy, and I've got a great show lined up for you, as I normally do. Yes, indeed. Uh, Before I get started, don't forget to check out our affiliates in the Outlaw Radio store. Yes, indeed. There's Caravan to Midnight. Yes, uh, check them out. Uh, The new bag, Nucleo Boost. Something that's going to make you feel great. Yes, indeed. Um, also, there's Mike Lindell's My Pillow. Use promo code OUTLAW to get yourself up to 66% off, possibly even more during a special. Yes, there's Patriot Cigar Company. If you like great cigars, this is a Patriot-owned business. Yes, use promo code OUTLAW in order to get yourself up to 15% off. Also, Uh, We the People holsters for some of the best holsters inside the waistband, outside the waistband, and apparel as well. Tactical Brotherhood. Also, Red Pill University. Enroll with them as well. All links in the description if you're watching the video. Also, uh, go to uh, the website, outlawradioabs.com. That's Outlaw Radio, Alpha Bravo Sierra.com, and uh, go to the store section. Also, changes being made. So, we will no longer put uh, three different segments or three separate segments on Rumble. We're going to put the whole show on Rumble. That even includes the music, since you know what? I love to uh, help promote independent and local music. Yes, indeed. So, Going to have it all on video on Rumble. Still got the audio podcast on Podbean and still uh, syndicating on internet radio stations. So, yes, adding more to it. And one other thing, there will no longer be comedy skits in the uh, music sets. I've decided to stop doing that just just for uh, uh, concerns of time. That's all. So now that we got all that out of the way, it's uh, like I said, I got a great show lined up for you. And uh, just a little bit, you're going to hear an interview that uh, I recorded with Pete Triacito out of South Africa. Yes, uh, we're talking about uh, things going on in South Africa, as well as uh, you know both of our uh, the, both presidents in respective countries 
did their state of the union uh, speeches and uh, I wasn't impressed with mine. And I don't think he was too impressed with his president either. Second hour talking with Eric Pilcher and uh, combat sports discussion, things going on in the world of MMA and the world of sports in general. We're going to discuss it. And in the third hour, we've got the Steve solution with the icon, Stephen James. Before we get to any of that, I want to cue the first song of the show. This is Touch of Class with their cover of the Simon and Garfunkel classic, The Sound of Silence. Now I'll be back with the interview with Petriacito right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. Now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because of vision softly creeping Lifted seats while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walk alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Near the halo of a street lamp I turn my color to the cold and damp When my eyes were stale by the flesh of a neon light That split the night And touched the sound of silence And in the naked light I saw Ten thousand people, maybe My words like silence 
of thrill seeker you're probably sipping on an adult beverage right now as you're listening to this an average blah blah drink i bet you want something different don't you something more well hey rock on with your bad self and get you some lead slingers whiskey or rum why because you can and because america was founded through the blood of hard fighting hard drinking men men who believed in freedom and whiskey men who laid down their lives and their fortunes forging the bedrock of this republic and in doing so creating a new species of man the american lead slingers isn't just for men however ladies can and do enjoy it as well lead slingers whiskey was founded by seven combat veterans who were tired of people afraid to support the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Together, they brought their love of American bourbon whiskey and other spirits to freedom-loving, like-minded Americans. Lead Slinger's whiskeys and rum are available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. To find one near you, visit LeadSlingersWhiskey.com. You must be 21 or older to drink Lead Slinger's whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes... I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. Telling a girl to calm down when she's mad is like trying to baptize a cat. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Room three, please disrobe. What is freedom of speech? It's my mouth, my tongue, and my 32 teeth, my, thigh, my mind, my rights to preach, to rap, to sing, and even to teach. No matter the genre, it's still my freedom of speech. Congress will not choose my religion. Abridging of press, assembly, and petition. laws do protect us. This is true. To agree to disagree is sometimes better to do. Use your mouth, your tongue, your 32 teeth, your thoughts, your mind, your right to preach. No matter the genre, it's our freedom of speech. This message is brought to you by the NFB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, Robert R. McCormick Foundation, and this station. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliated with My Patriot Supply. Are you prepared for the next unplanned emergency? As we speak, inflation is rising and the grocery store shelves are stocked less and less every day. The time to prepare is now. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and purchase yourself some buckets of delicious gourmet food with the 25 year 
shelf life. You can also purchase other essential supplies you can use during times of unplanned emergencies. Supplies such as the Alexa Pure water filtration system, first aid and medical supplies, solar power supplies, and much more. Again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and click on the My Patriot Supply banner. Don't be left in the dark. Get yourself and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency today. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio. The song you just heard, you just heard a touch of class with their version of the sound of silence uh the garf simon garfunkel classic and now it's time for outlaw radio world news with special guest petriacito out of south africa here we go outlaw radio world news All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio World News, I am joined once again by Pete Triacito out of South Africa, currently in Cape Town, on his way to a protest. Uh, Yes, indeed. uh, Pete Tris, how have you been, my friend? Uh, Thank you very much, Billy. I say also thanks to God, who always lead me to, uh, to fight and also to expose the government of South Africa, the corrupt, the corrupt one. All right. So before we get started, because I want to talk about uh, both of our State of the Union addresses that we we just both had in our respective countries, I'm going to play a video, a 10 minute video we got uh, from from my side. It's uh, it's about five minutes of Joe Biden lying to us. And on your side, uh, don't really get much of the president because, well, Julius Malema kind of took over that at the beginning. But uh Yes, let's uh, get that started here. Give me just a moment to get the file. Okay. All right, one second. I want to give special recognition to someone who I think is going to be considered the greatest speaker in the history of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi. The story of America is a story of progress and resilience, of always moving forward, of never, ever giving up. It's a story unique among all nations. We're the only country that has emerged from every crisis we've ever entered stronger than we got into it. Look, folks, that's what we're doing again. Two years ago, the economy was reeling. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs, more jobs created in two years than any president's created in four years because of you all, because of the American people. Two years ago, and two years ago, COVID had shut down, our businesses were closed, our schools were robbed of so much, and today, COVID no longer controls our lives. And two years ago, democracy faced its greatest threat to the civil war. And today, though bruised, our democracy remains unbowed and unbroken. 
As we gather here tonight, we're writing the next chapter in the great American story, a story of progress and resilience. When world leaders ask me to define America, and they do, believe it or not, I say I can define it in one word, and I mean this, possibilities. We don't think anything is beyond our capacity. Everything is a possibility. You know, we're often told that Democrats and Republicans can't work together. But over the past two years, we've proved the cynics and naysayers wrong. Yes, we disagreed plenty. And yes, there were times when Democrats went alone. But time and again, Democrats and Republicans came together. Came together to defend a stronger and safer Europe. It came together to pass one in a, gen one in a generation, once in a generation infrastructure law, building bridges connecting our nation and our people. We came together to pass the most significant law ever, helping victims expose the toxic burn pits. And in fact, it's important. And in fact, I signed over 300 bipartisan pieces of legislation since becoming president from reauthorizing the Violence Against Women Act, the Electoral Count Reform Act, the Respect for Marriage Act that protects the right to marry the person you love. And to my Republican friends, if we could work together the last Congress, there's no reason we can't work together and find consensus on important things in this Congress as well. I think... Folks... You all are as formed as I am, but I think the people sent us a clear message. Fighting for the sake of fighting, power for the sake of power, conflict for the sake of conflict gets us nowhere. That's always been my vision of our country, and I know it's many of yours. To restore the soul of this nation, to rebuild the backbone of America, America's middle class, and to unite the country. We've been sent here to finish the job, in my view. For decades, the middle class has been hollowed out. And more than, and not no one administration, but for a long time. Too many good paying manufacturing jobs move overseas. Factories closed down. Once thriving cities and towns that many of you represent became shadows of what they used to be. And along the way, something else we lost. Pride. Our sense of self-worth. I ran for president to fundamentally change things. To make sure our economy works for everyone. So we can all feel that pride in what we do. To build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out, not from the top down. Because when the middle class does well, the poor have a ladder up and the wealthy still do very well. We all do well. Speaker of the National Assembly. Thank you, Honorable President. Honorable Malema, what is the point of order? You asked Mr. Ramaphosa to sit down first. I'm standing. No, when a point of order is called speaker, the speaker must sit down. You can't have two speakers standing at the same time. Please follow the procedure. Honorable I'm rising on uh, Joint Rules 14S, and we can't both stand the speaker. 
Honorable Malema, I asked you, you said you have a point of order. Yes. And I said, what is the point of order? And I allowed you to go ahead. But please, Speaker, in terms of procedure, the President must sit down. I will order the President to sit down if I feel it is necessary for him to do so. It's not the rules. That, that's not how it works. Honorable Speaker, I think we are, as honorable members, violating the joint rules of this house by allowing Mr. Ramaphosa to speak here because he has taken this parliament to court. And by taking this parliament to court, he has passed a motion of no confidence on this parliament. And he can't have his cake and still eat it because until the court has resolved on the dispute between us as parliament and him he's got no leg to stand before us as a legitimate body to address us and therefore i ask that the speaker should actually declare this meeting closed because he had no right even to convene us to come here how can he convene the people that he has taken to court and in that court speaker you are the first respondent effectively he has taken you to court and that if he wins this case it means that this body has acted unlawfully against him we have a matter with him before court and the right thing to do will be that we should allow the court to make a ruling before we can interface in the manner we are doing. Because the president has declared a motion of no confidence against his own parliament, something that has never happened. Thank you. President Mbeki can confirm that, that since 1994, we have seen this mess with what is before us now. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Malema. Honorable Malema, when I opened this session, I said this session is convened in terms of the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, read together with Rule 7. And this has been called in order to discuss one item, in fact, not a discussion for the President, to provide us with his program of action of government and therefore he will be allowed to proceed and deliver the state of the nation address. This session has not been convened to discuss any other matter other than the one which I have just stipulated. Allow us Honorable Malema to allow the President to present his state of the nation address. Thank you. Yes, Honorable Malema. I also would not want us to have a dialogue, Honorable Members. Yes. With, with due respect, Honorable Speaker, you cannot say that this event is called only to perform one item only. If that was the case, the, the joint rules were not going to allow the point of orders. Though the founders of this parliament knew that there might be a necessity even when we are convened in this manner for members of parliament to raise issues that are damaging the image of this institution 
and I've raised that matter and I would like you to consider it and not just dismiss it on the basis that we are here to listen to one item only. The rules were not going to provide for point of orders if we are only subjected to listen to one item. And therefore I think the speaker is out of order in that regard. Much honorable Malema. Wow, wasn't that just special? <laughs> Sounded like uh, he was trying to tell the speaker to how to do her job. Not only that, if uh, the president's going to address the nation, uh, why is he supposed to do it sitting down? I that that I don't get. But uh, um, yeah, I think it was shortly after that uh, that. Uh, there was, uh, I don't know, there was quite some commotion going on in the parliament chambers there. I can't can't quite uh, recall everything that happened because I didn't get to watch it all. But uh, can you enlighten me a little bit on that there? I'm okay. I said, can you enlighten me on the uh, events that uh, followed shortly after uh, Malema was speaking? Because I didn't get to watch it all. But from what I understand, it got a lot uglier than that. Yeah, uh, really, uh, I will say to you that uh, here in South Africa, it's a mess. There is no control here in our country. I'm here in South Africa, and I've, I will say that uh, I've seen some of the things. I will tell you one thing. Ne? Uh, I remember in 2020 when we walked 1,000, 1,000 kilos from another province to go to Palapala Farm, to Mr. President's farm, to play outside, whereby we have seen uh, the head of police who protect Mr. Ramaphosa's farm, the private farm. We don't say that uh, our, poli our police of army, they can't uh, protect our president. No, they must protect. But we are talking about uh, the private farm. Whatever the Mr. President, he can hire maybe uh, the private security. Why those police who have been deployed uh, to protect Mr. Ramaphosa's farm? Who, they must also be deployed to, to, to protect all the farmers here in South Africa, wherever we have seen the farmers who produce food for us, they are not, they are not, uh, I mean, protected. But let me tell you, when God sent us in, uh, in Palapala farm to pray outside, and God used us, and also he used Arthur Fraser, the one, uh, the whistleblower, who said that there is something happening, uh, in Ramaphosa's farm, whereby there was money laundering. Now, this thing that uh, happened in Sona, uh, we know that this thing, it happens uh, every year. I would say every year because of what? You remember when our former president, Jacob Zuma, the EFF, they were making cows in the, in the in the parliament. Now it's against the Ramaphosa. And uh, this thing must also start a long time before. We know that Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, he was a shareholder in Marikana in Northwestern uh, Mines, where some 34 miners, they've been shot gun done by the police. Senator Maposa, he knows about that, but he ignored. And that's why I said that here in South Africa, there's no justice. Now, about load shedding. Let me tell you about load shedding. Load shedding here, it affects everyone. Oh, of course shedding, it, it affects. It affects everyone. And uh, I I think uh, last month, I, got into, um, I interviewed one of the German um, tourists. Uh, uh, tourism. He was here uh, in South Africa. He said, Pietras, we some of the coal, we get it here from South Africa, but we don't uh, have lodged nothing. Some of the African countries, 
They've got a uh, coal here in our country, but they don't experience any load shedding. But here in South Africa, they target, let me tell you, the farmers, the food security, whereby we, uh, here in South Africa, I think for me, we have left, left with, with one thing, food security, because uh, the business has been destroyed, the mines have been destroyed, everything has been stolen here in our country. Now, they target the farmers. When there's load shedding, uh, the attackers, they go and attack the farmers, and uh, raped our children and women. I can tell you many things in my videos. I've seen that. And uh, also, they want to, uh, to sabotage the farmers and also the business of the country. Why, why I'm saying that? Because um, I remember there's 15, 50 chickens that have been died in Latinberg because of load shedding. There's been a lot of milk that have been, uh, uh, been destroyed by the farmers because of load shedding. There's many things that's been uh, destroyed by the load shedding. Let me tell you, some of the uh, Peter Marisberg, I've seen, uh, I think yesterday, uh, one of the biggest um, spa here in South Africa, they don't have a meat. They don't have meat in, the, in their shelves because of load shedding. That's why I'm saying to you that uh, it is bad that it, things that is happening here in South Africa. Now, today, today, uh, I think it's about uh, how many um, I think it's uh, 500 uh, meters to where where the sauna uh, here in South Africa has been started. I think it's, it's about 500 um, uh, meters from here I am now. Uh, as I said today, we are going to have a, uh, an interview, Rahman, a big protest here against uh, load shading. And also we are going to parliament. Uh, we are going to parliament and say that... Uh, they must make sure. I'm going to show you now. I'm going outside. Sure. You know, while while you're doing that too, Sito, it's it's very interesting. You're you're mentioning this. Does the state of California, uh, like South Africa, is experiencing a uh, shortage in electricity, and they're talking about doing some load shedding of their own? And then you have their governor, Gavin Newsom, who says that uh, he's passing, trying to pass laws to where uh, gas-powered vehicles are no longer permitted and you must get electric vehicles. So if you're having load shedding, why would you be requiring uh, electric vehicles? That doesn't make any sense, you know? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Um, as I said to you, that uh, you interview me from, uh, you are in USA, America, I'm here in South Africa. We, we experienced this thing. I'm t uh, I would say in our uh, maybe better language, uh, we experience this shit in cock. He's over on South Africa, here in South Africa. That's why I'm saying that uh, our country has been, has been destroyed by so-called this government. And when we try to speak the truth, you have been targeted. Let me tell you, uh, as I said to you that I was, um, I can show you, um, Dorodach, uh, Thursday, I was there in, in Sona. I was also in here on this place where I was addressing a thousand thousand of um, uh, South Africans who are here because of uh, this corrupt this corrupt government. Yeah. Now, uh, as I said to you, um, today this is going to be a big thing that is going to happen here uh, in Cape Town, whereby the uh, the Cape Town uh, they are now fed up with the lot shady. Let me tell you. Uh, the president, when he talked on Thursday, he said that he's going to appoint the minister of uh, electricity. Can can you imagine? He's going to, to um, 
to, to appoint the Minister of Electricity. Now he's going to, to appoint the Minister of Potholes. He's going to appoint the Minister of Corruption. He's going to appoint the Minister of um, Thieves. He's going to appoint the Minister of his Palapala Farm, the Angola Farm. Everything here in South Africa is a mess. He didn't what can he say in South Africa is a discard. Sorry, I'm sorry to say in national TV, but rarer that is sure. It is happening here in South Africa. And let me tell you what is happening here. You see, uh, there's a police here. There's a police. And for me, because this protest is a peaceful protest, this police, they must go and protect uh, the Kailisha, wherever we have seen the children have been raped, tortured, killed every day. They must go to K-Flash to protect our people. They must make sure that uh, they stop corruption here in South Africa. But let me tell you, under this government, the truth is the truth, under this government, no one uh, here in South Africa, uh, of everything here in South Africa, is, is not going to be 100% under this leadership that we are seeing here. And I'm here, and God will lead me to speak the truth all over South Africa. I'm here to protect our South Africans. I'm talking about all races. Um, and you do a fantastic job, too. I mean, you're you're a brave man. I mean, you, you really put yourself out there. I mean, uh, there's one other there's one other fellow that I know. Um, I, th I think he might be near Johannesburg. I can't remember where exactly he's at. But, you know, he's he's uh, addressed the very same things you have. Uh, but he he really has to keep a low profile because they have threatened to necklace him. And I have to ask you, have you received any of the same type of threats? Come again? I'd, like my, my other friend near um, Johannesburg, who's spoken out just as you have against the corruption, and, they, and uh, there have been people there in South Africa threatening to necklace him. Have, have you received the same type of threats at all? Yes, uh, I remember it, when when I started this thing of um, activism, uh, activism. It was 2018. Uh, I was I, I was a past manager in Jondier, but when God came to me, I resigned. 2018. I I've lost everything to do this thing that I'm doing for our future of our children, for our people, our food security, our farmers here in South Africa. They tried to, to silence me, to kill me, in um in Union Building in Pretoria. I remember that day, the three guys, they came, uh, it was midnight, they uh, they hit my um, uh, my window, my front window, they pulled me out in the car and they, they beat me with golf stick. Mm -hmm. another, another one said, kill him, kill him. Let me tell you, and that time, I saw to myself that, um, thanks God that you have to protect me. And uh, this government came back again, they want to give me 300,000 to, to, to silence me. And they know they've got access to go to my bank account. And they've seen that I've got nothing. And I refused because I don't want to sell my people. And after that, they came back again. They want to give me a job as MP. I refused because of what? I don't, I don't want to sell my people. Let me tell you, no one has voted me to be this thing that I'm doing. Only God. That's why uh, I remember last year when I came here in Sona, they attacked me. On 2022, they attacked me, tried also to kill me, but God protect me. As I said to you, that there's many threats that I'm getting, but the thing is that I am not afraid. I'm not afraid. Uh, I want to tell you uh, something. Yeah, fear is a sickness. Yeah, fear is a sickness, and I don't have that fear on me. That's why I always I speak the truth, and the truth hurts here in South Africa. Yes, indeed.
Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, you, you have no fear. You've definitely shown that, you know, and I, I've just got a comment uh, while we're on the air too about, uh, you know, regarding the video that I just saw. Uh, well, look at look at those mountains there at Cape in Cape Town. I, I have to say something about that. Look at the look. Uh, you could, could real quick have your have your camera. The guy holding the camera there. Uh, show me those mountains behind you there. I want to see them really quick. Okay. Yeah. Look at look, look at that. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. So uh, the pro the protesting against uh, load shedding. I mean that's that's vitally important. I mean uh, this is day and age. We need our electricity. We need you know a lot of people work from home, work in the internet, especially uh, you know uh, there there are colleagues I have that uh, that rely on the internet for their job to get their income. And um, you know you have load shedding. You're not gonna you're not gonna get any of that. And uh, they're talking about what. Stage four, stage five, they're talking some of the highest levels of load shedding that uh, you guys have ever heard of or experienced. Yeah, you know, um, Billy, it is very simple. Uh, they tried uh, to sabotage everything here in our country because uh, everyone here, the leadership, uh, they're not here for our people. They are here uh, for themselves for their family, for their family. That's why I'm saying to you that uh, everything here in South Africa uh, is a mess. It's a mess. Look what happened in ESCO. Uh, there's a lot of money have been uh, given away and stolen. I'm going to, uh, to tell you some example, a little example. The one billion, the tourism of South Africa, they have donated one billion to Tottenham Hotspur in England. If you know that uh, soccer team, professional soccer team in Tottenham, they have uh, donated one billion. Whereas we are struggling with load shedding here. Can you imagine that? I'm going to tell you something. This sauna uh, that it was happening last week on Thursday, it cost eight billion, eight million. Only those few, few, few hours, it cost $8 million. Now, that money, they must make sure that maybe they are going to solve the problem of ESCO. Now, uh, I'm going also to tell you something. $500 billion that IMF, remember on the COVID, they've uh, given to South Africa. The South African government loaned the money from IF, $500 billion. What happened to money? Within three months, money gone. Money gone. Now, as I said to you that here in South Africa, everyone, one for himself and also his family, because they know that their time is done. Their time is pelil. Let they destroy. Now, uh, I want to tell you also something, uh, Billy. Um, South Africans, let me tell you, they are in danger. They need someone. That's why God sent us to, uh, to speak and also to expose this government. Now, that thing that you have seen in, in the sauna, uh, for me, it is not uh, embarrassing because we know that this thing is going to happen. And also, we know that on the 20th March, next month, 2023, the EFF, 
They are going uh, to close down. They say shut down everything here in South Africa. Now, uh, they are going to ban everything. I'm telling you, they're going to ban everything because they want the president must resign. And the president himself, he knows that he's a liar. From 2018, he speak the same thing the he promised, and he lied. He lied. Let me tell you what happened. Uh, he promoted. He promoted because here in South Africa, the children they've got grant. They get money. Every children here in South Africa, from zero, maybe from one month to 18, 18 years, they've got grant, child grant. Now, he promoted uh, that the people of South Africa they must make children, which means he promotes sex. If you don't understand, he promotes sex, the president of oh. South Africa, because uh, you make more children, you are going to get more money. You understand what I'm saying? That's yes. how our president uh, is good. He's good about uh, promoting sex. Only crime, potholes, load shading, uh, job employment, nothing, nothing. Because uh, he has been uh, promising us from 2018 till now, and nothing has been changed. The president of, of South Africa is here also for the ANC, because the ANC now is, is collapsing. It's collapsing, the ANC. Now, he thinks that uh, maybe when he said to the, to the South African, I'm going to appoint the minister of... Uh, the minister of uh, what do you call uh, electricity, everything is going to be fine. No, and we we heard the rumors that uh, he's going to reshuffle his cabinet, which means uh, uh, the rumors say that he's going to take it. the minister of police now is going uh, is going to be the minister of electricity. Begitzel, he doesn't know anything about electricity, huh? What? A yeah. Sorry. Um, no, 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 you're fine. Yeah. You're we're uncensored, so you're okay. Um, you know, but it, it sounds to me like load shedding is a part of the agenda to get to roll in uh, what they what they want, which is, of course, we know the ultimate goal of these. You know, it all it all traces to George Soros, uh, Klaus Schwab, and the uh, Bill Gates and the New World Order. That's what they are shooting for. I mean, I mean, you know what? Whether they tell us it's COVID or it's bird flu or it's monkeypox or you know they're low on electricity, so they got to do load shedding. It's it's all part of a, an agenda that they're lying to us about. It's, I mean, I, there's no no other way to put it, you know, because I mean, I saw I saw the pictures of Cyril Ramaphosa with Klaus Schwab. Uh, you know, the, the man who says, we need the great reset. You will own nothing and you will be happy. <laughs> so over to you. <laughs> I'm okay. I said over to you. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, uh, Billy, um, let me tell you that uh, it is very simple here, here in our country. And uh, as I said to you, to you, Billy, as as you know me from a long time ago, I was um, challenging this government, challenging this government, and um, we need uh, the masses. That masses, uh, we are not going maybe to ban or, or to loot. No. What we want, we want our freedom. The South Africa, right. uh, the South Africa got minerals. South Africa is the rich. It is the rich. But I remember the time 1994, when our black president, Nelson Mandela, he became president. Everyone, all races, they said, thank you, God. 
I'm talking about black, white, Indian color. Thank you, God. Now we are going to have freedom for our future for our children, freedom for all. But what happened after Nelson Mandela? Everything was. Remember about the Guptas? Zuma, he, he introduced the Guptas here in South Africa. Now, we've got so-called this um, government, Sir Ramaphosa. And uh, um, he, he's only there for himself. Sir Ramaphosa, he's supported, he, he supported by the uh, Josh Soros, Johan Rupert. You can name it. Actually, I got he's a question. I got a question. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a question, too. I also heard rumors of uh, you, you spoke you spoke of that uh, private farm in that uh, Cyril Ramaphosa has, and then I'm hearing rumors that he's investing in Buffalo, which he's he's buying at the expense of the taxpayers. Um, can you elaborate on any of that? Uh, I think that when you come here in South Africa, I'll, I'll, I will take you straight to Palapala Farm. When, when you go to Palapala Farm and uh, they don't know you, they will ask you first, do you have got, do you have got money? You are a billionaire of, of maybe uh, here in South Africa of maybe outside South Africa. When you say yes, you've got the access to go inside, which means uh, that uh, buffaloes like, look, to look like the prison of South Africa. It is true. It is true because uh, uh, everything here in South Africa is a doji. It's a doji. You can get maybe South African citizen, whereas you are not here in South Africa. The, the, the top official, they'll make sure that you, you, you get the, the top, I mean, the, the citizen of South Africa, whereas you are not here in South Africa. There's uh, many things that, is in, that was happening here in South Africa. And anyone, anyone doesn't care. And we want to fix South Africa. That's why today the, the Cape Town people, they are together and say that today they are going to parliament to hand over their memorandum um, and say that, please stop this load shedding because we are tired of this load shedding bill. Yes. Well, um, I hate to say it, but we are out of time. Um, yeah, we're, we're out of time, I was telling you. And uh, I want to thank you very much for joining me. I know you got the protest uh, to, to attend to, but uh, I want you to keep fighting the good fight. And if people want to reach out to you, how can they do so? Yeah, thank you very much, Billy. You know what, Billy? If I've got power, if I've got money, you see what happened in Ukraine, in Russia. We don't like it. But we want the soldiers, the armies, they must come here and help us because uh, uh, there's no one want to come here and help us because I think uh, uh, your prison in America is the same as, as Sir Ramaphosa. They're oh, the yes. cowards. Yes. Uh, um, They're the cowards. Uh, you understand? We need uh, the countries must come here in South Africa and save us. Uh, we need uh, the masses. You remember what happened in in Zimbabwe when uh, they arrested, house arrested the president of Zimbabwe, uh, the former president of Zimbabwe, Mugabe. We want this thing must happen here in South Africa. But uh, some countries they are scared to to help us because this army of us are useless. The police are useless. Thank you very much. See you. Take care. <laughs> okay. And there you have the interview with Petriusito. It's always good talking to him. And uh, yes, best of luck to him and keep him in your prayers. It's time to go to the first music set of the show. Coming up, we got 
Josh Bricker going to be followed by India Morell, Eva Under Fire, Melissa Lee Zinker, and Carvin Jones. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? Well, there's a bottle on a shelf With an old black label saying here's a hell so bring it on, bartender pour it strong on the rocks. Same old bar stool, same old whiskey, same old wondering if you even miss me. I'm trying to move on. Dipping on something strong On the rocks Well I've been up and I've been down And every feeling in between So I get drunk and try to forget But I remember everything From your memory And how you live On the rocks See, time heals everything The feeling lonely is driving me insane It makes me want to punch a wall Get on my knees and crawl Bumping hawk 
Cause it's a fly bitch anthem Got a stack on spending on me Honey, cash your checks or forget about me If you're broke, fuck it I ain't with it Spending chips, so forget about me I'm for high class, not a price tag I'm just high class Yeah, the fellas let me shop with a titanium That and get the good she wet like an aquarium I let them see me rub the kitty, really floss in my gym Yeah, I told them I'll be F-L-O-S-S-I-N Press is probably damn near, put them into a trance I like to work my body if they end up spending the cash Sexy got me set, they say to see that I'm on my fashion If they want a piece of fruit, they have to pay for the patch Now I'm killing them again on the one-tenth match Lil' crop type chick, I'm a fucking assassin Went from porn to this rap, ain't the money fantastic
just to watch it burn. Gonna light the fire. You're gonna get what you deserve.
find my way back home I'm lost out here, baby Gotta find my way back home I don't wanna be here, baby Don't wanna be here all alone Yeah, I gotta cook my breakfast I want some hot coffee round my bed This is retired Army Staff Sergeant Philip D. Blackman. You know, I did two tours in Iraq, and I'm going to tell you, man, some of my fondest memories were hanging out with my brothers and sisters in arms and just enjoying a good cigar. I'll tell you, man, these memories, they're priceless. And now Outlaw Radio is proud to announce they have an affiliation with Patriot Cigar Company. Not only do these cigars bring back those fond memories, but these cigars are blended by some of the best master blenders in the cigar industry. Every single cigar is handmade with premium tobacco that is aged at a minimum of three years in Esteli, Nicaragua. But don't just take my word for it. Go get yourself some Patriot Cigars by going to www.mypatriotcigars.com. Be sure to use the promo code OUTLAW to get 15% off your purchase. Again, that is www.mypatriotcigars.com. Use the keyword OUTLAW and save 15%. You must be 21 years of age to purchase a Patriot Cigar, so get your Patriot Cigars today. You're not riding with the caravan to midnight. Here are some of the guests you've missed with names you may know. George and Simona Papadopoulos, Roger Stone, Jerome Corsi, Katie Hopkins, Cheryl Atkinson, John McAfee, Vladimir Bukowski, 
Filmmakers Tiffany Fitzsimmons and John Paul Rice, Alan Keyes, Diana West, Mary Fanning and Alan Jones, The Last Vikings, Ralph and Bob Brown, Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch, John Guandolo of Understanding the Threat, William Binney, Ray McGovern, Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Schaefer. I said you miss these, but not really because over 1,200 programs are archived for your access right now, and their stories won't be scrubbed from the net. Do yourself and those around you a large favor. Join Caravan to Midnight at caravantomidnight.com and let's make ready for what's to come. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but also millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all your support. At MyPillow, we have hundreds of products now, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We are offering the best products ever for the best prices ever. Mike Lindell is a true patriot who loves America, and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials box and use promo code OUTLAW for all Mike's great discounts. Or call 1-800-652-3982. And remember to use promo code OUTLAW. ConcealedCarry.com is your source for firearm education and instruction, an online store of apparel and firearm accessories, and a media outlet for the firearm industry. ConcealedCarry.com offers training, news, information, and products that help and empower American gun owners to be citizens who are prepared and willing to protect the innocent from the criminals, predators, and terrorists that would feed on our communities. Concealed Carry Inc., the organization behind ConcealedCarry.com, has a team of instructors that teach in-person and online firearm training classes across the United States of America. In today's society, everyone is safer and better prepared by obtaining as much education, training, and knowledge as possible. Firearm training is a lifelong pursuit. Get armed with the knowledge you need as a firearms owner. Visit ConcealedCarry.com today. That's ConcealedCarry.com. ConcealedCarry.com. Proudly endorsed by the Bearded Patriots. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit. Fuck the fucking shit. Fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck shit. The shit is fuck shit. Shit fuck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio. Songs you just heard, you just heard Carvin Jones with 
Got to Find My Way Back Home. Before that, Melissa Lee Zinker with Blah, Blah, Blah. And I feel that way sometimes. Before that, Eva Under Fire with Misery. Prior to that, India Morell with First Class. And starting off the whole set, Josh Bricker with On the Rocks. All right, don't forget once again to visit our affiliates. Yes, indeed. Mike Lindell's MyPillow, use promo code OUTLAW. Uh, Patriot Cigar Company, use promo code OUTLAW. Uh, there's Caravan to Midnight. There's um, We the People Holsters, Tactical Brotherhood, um, Red Pill University, all links in the description of the video, or uh, go or go to the store section of outlawradioabs.com. All right, moving right along. It's Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion with special guest Eric Pilcher. Here we go. Boxing. It'll be scored as a knockout. It's all over. We've got a brand new heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. Kickboxing. Mixed Martial Arts. Professional Wrestling. And apparently Hell in a Cell match is officially underway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Knuckle up and throw down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. I am joined by Eric Pilcher out of Iowa, and if you know who he is, then you know he does the movie reviews for Matt Connerton Unleashed on WMNH in Manchester, New Hampshire. What's going on, Eric? Nothing much, Billy. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, indeed. All right, it's it's been an interesting week in uh, sports, not just not just combat sports, but in sports as a whole. But, uh, you know, we, I think this, uh, what we saw at Bellator was, was a long time coming actually, because yeah, let's just face it. Uh, the great Fedor Emelianenko, I mean, he's 45 years old. How long can he keep this up? But let's have a, let's have a look here at the highlights. Shall we just one moment? All right, gentlemen, we've been over the rules. Protect yourself at all times. Follow my instructions. We're going to keep it clean. Touch gloves. Let's do it. Defense has never been his strong no. Defense is not part of what he does. He goes after you with, oh, with the right hand. And the Fader all over Fedor. Just over a minute gone in the first round. Legends don't usually get to go out on their terms. No, legends normally don't go out on top. It's just part of the... The way the sport is, such a difficult sport to maintain that level. That's it. And here he goes after slips. The shot kind of hits towards the back of the head, but that was a legal blow, and then goes after him in the ground and pound. And once Bader was on top, he was relentless in just doing damage. Fedor had no true defense against it. 
An incredible scene in the Bellator MMA cage. MMA royalty honoring the last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko, as we see him in the cage for the very last time. All right. So, yeah, we saw the basically the end of the career. Fedor left his gloves in the middle of the cage. Um, but overall, uh, this this was said about Fedor before. Um, rumor has it that, you know, he was a small heavyweight. He walked around probably about 230, between 220 and 230 pounds and could have dropped down to light heavyweight if he wanted to. But his, his tougher fights were always against uh, smaller competitors. And that's why he never uh, really really made the cut to 205 that's so that's so the rumor says and i actually believe that because i mean uh obviously i mean he first lost to uh, big guys like uh fabricio verdum and bigfoot silva um but uh he did show like when he fought matt linland he had trouble even though he won that fight and he had he had problems uh all also with uh with dan henderson because he couldn't really really deal with the quickness. The only the only guy that uh, really didn't only smaller guy that really didn't give him any trouble was Chael Sonnen. Um, I'd say Vanderlei didn't give him much trouble either in Pride. He he really kind of walked through Vanderlei. Oh no, he didn't. I don't think the two fought in in, in Pride. I I no, that was Krokop that fought Vanderlei. Yeah yeah. Uh, no, well, Krokop fought both guys, and uh, yeah, whereas uh, it was twice that uh, Krokop fought Vanderlei first time to a draw, second time it, uh, Vanderlei got knocked out cold with uh, one of those uh, highlight head highlight head kicks. Yeah, uh, whereas uh, he gave he gave Fedor a good fight, but yeah, Fedor just dominated to a decision. I the, as good as Fedor is, for me, Billy, there's always a question mark and a glaring, uh, just a major asterisk to his career. And that's, he really was a big fish in a small pond over in Pride. Oh, he you, most definitely was. You You look at it and... The guys, the big name fights he had in Pride, just at the heavyweight level, not in uh, the open weight Grand Prix or anything like that. When they went over to the UFC, they got picked apart. Pro Cop was awful in the UFC. Alistair Overeem. Oh, I noticed. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. Uh, another one uh, that's not heard of so much, uh, Ruman of Sakajou. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, two vi quick, vicious knockouts in Pride. Then he has, then he goes over to the UFC and and just doesn't do well at all. And uh, Vanderlei does. He had a me mediocre ride in uh, the UFC. And um, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Once once uh, Zufa had taken over Pride back in 2007, and you know, basically. They were supposed to originally have two events, but uh, um, you know there 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 were rumors that uh, the original owners of Pride were already involved with the uh, Yakuza. Yep. And then uh, 
uh, supposedly it's rumored that Dana White and the Fertitas have ties with the mafia. And so they, they weren't about to, to bring in another bad element into Japan, they said. So, so it was just a no go there. I, I mean, how much of that I believe, I don't know, but I don't believe much on that. I believe pride was involved with the criminal element because you talk to fighters that fought in pride. They were paid with an envelope stuffed with dollar bills. And, oh yeah. And, and the, as long too as like, it's kind of like too uh, when uh, Kazushi Sakuraba, he should, he should have retired long, long before he quit fighting because it was like in the end he was overused and it was just criminal. It was later revealed he was fight he was fighting because he had to fight. I mean, even yeah. even though he he made he made a lot of money and and didn't and 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 could have lived off of what he had. But he, but why would he have to fight at, at that point? Something's and, up there. And I think anyone who knew the sport the day that Zufa bought pride you knew there was not going to be another pride event um it's i compare it to when vince mcmahon bought wcw yeah it was that you you knew you had to know because the only thing it wouldn't be cost effective for the ufc to run a pride event why when you could just absorb the contracts you want Cut the guys you don't, and you get the fight library. Just that's like, just that's like all the deal was for. I mean, uh, you know, just like they they had a few Strike Force events in uh, once they acquired Strike Force, but then again, we knew that hey, we just kind of saw that was the end of Strike Force coming up. We did the same thing with WEC as well. Yes. Yes. But uh, you know, just get, getting back to to Fedor and what a phenomenal career he had, um, you know, how would he how would he have done against the likes if he would have crossed over into the UFC at the time to face Brock Lesnar? That's a big question because Brock Lesnar is going to be brought up in in the next part of the the uh, conversation too. Because as as big and as strong and as dominant as Brock Lesnar was, he couldn't take a punch. Same with Bobby Lashley, you know. I, uh, I think, sorry, Billy. No, no I was going to say, uh, you know, Fedor, he can punch. He can take a punch. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he'd have a size disadvantage against Brock Lesnar, but uh, all he's got to do is land one of those big, heavy bombs, and, and Brock Lesnar is going to be on the retreat. So, you know, it's tough to say how, how well that – how that fight would have gone. I think you talked about the speed part. Fedor isn't quick. Brock is deceptively fast for his size. And I think, take that. But I think, I think that I think Brock would have beat Fedor. I also have believed this since I started watching UFC in 2004, I believe that Randy Couture would have beat Fedor. Oh, I, that I believe because of that size disadvantage that I was talking yep. about. Because, uh, you know, and not only that, Fedor was not good in the clinch, and that's Randy Couture's game. But I honestly think that, uh, like you said, you know, Brock Lesnar is quick for a wrestler. As a boxer, when he's on stand-up, oh, no, he, he's 
he's got sluggish hands. I mean, he, he but, hits hard with them, but he can't box. He can't kick, you know, and that's uh, Fedor's not quite as quick, but quick enough, quicker with his hands than Lesnar is. Here is one thing about in I'm not trying to diminish how good Fedor is by asking the what if. There's a lot of variables that came into play on why we never saw Fedor in the UFC. I I think the big question is he never fought outside of Nogueira. He did fight Nogueira, and I believe he won a decision against Nogueira. Um, wasn't impressive. It, and I think you could have made the argument if that fight were fought under the unified rules of mixed martial arts, Nogueira probably would have won that fight because I believe when they fought, the first round was 10 minutes. Oh, and yeah. The other, and I, Fedor was able to control that first round with relative ease, but once he realized, I'm not going to be able to knock Noguera out, Noguera was able to dictate the pace. But that was the that's another problem that I have with Pride. You have a 10-minute first round. If one guy dominates that first 10 minutes, they win the fight. Yeah, yeah. And but... I, I guess with Fedor, with me and Fedor, it will always be what if, because he never fought Frank Mir. Yes, he, he no, yes, he did. Fedor did fight Frank Mir and knocked his ass out. Okay. Yeah. Again, thank you for correcting me. Yeah. Uh, he didn't fight Couture. He didn't. And then he was scheduled at one point. He might have done it later in his career, but when everyone wanted to see it, he was scheduled to fight Andre Arlovsky. He, and, did, he, he did fight Andre Arlovsky and, and knocked him out cold too. And uh, for the third affliction card, it was supposed yes. to be the third card and it never happened. Um, I think that would have been the fight if Fedor would have won because that's when Arlovsky was the guy at heavyweight. That's when everyone was clamoring for him to go back to the UFC, fight Randy Couture. That was going to be the UFC's first billion-dollar fight, if you recall the hype people had. And then Affliction announced, no, we're going to do Arlovsky-Fedor, and then the card never happened. I think if it would have happened at that point in 2008 and Fedor would have won, he could have he would have had a very strong case for the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. I mean, yeah, because uh, um, let's see, because I know Fedor when he went to Affliction, he first fought Tim Sylvia and destroyed him. Oh, uh, made quick work of him too, and and then the next fight uh, was against Andre Orlovsky, and that was a one punch knockout, unbelievable. Um, yeah. I mean, so I mean, I'm I'm going to disagree with you a little bit in saying that Fedor wasn't quick. He wasn't he wasn't no Vitor Belfort fast, but he was quick enough, and and his hands were he he, he had bricks in his gloves. He he was deceptively powerful, and I I think what's great about Fedor is Fedor had that ability to stalk you 
and walk you down. It he was. That's the Russian way. It was a lot like Chuck Liddell. I mean, but yeah, Russians. I mean, the the Russians. They really have produced some of the toughest fighters, whether they be boxing, MMA. I mean, I mean, there's all that mystique behind uh, the the fictional Ivan Drago, but uh, you got to understand. Oleg Taktorov, uh, who won UFC six with in a grueling finals match against Tank Abbott, and people were don't understand really how tough Oleg Taktorov was. That man had a had a big fight in Russia, I think, but it, I think it was Sambo competition, and he was told that if he didn't win the tournament. He was going to be shipped off to war in Afghanistan, I think it was. And, uh, of course, the uh, not only, uh, you know, you had to deal with the communist uh, regime and the military there, but also the, uh, Russia had a horrible, horrible mafia, crime mafia. And, uh, of course, they were betting on uh, Oleg's opponents, so they wanted to make sure he lost. They kidnapped him. Five guys kicked the shit out of him and locked him in a basement for like three days before the fight with no food or water and let him out just before fight time. Like a half hour before he had to fight, they let him out, and he still won. That's how tough Russians are. And I, I, I think at the end, you look at it, and if anybody has a top five mixed martial arts, pound for pound, greatest of all time list, Fedor's on it. I just, I don't know if he's one, two, or three. Uh, he's, I think he's top ten, but not top five. I mean, I I think Good the greatest. Top mixed five. Martial- but to mid top five heavyweights, yes, but to over, over. Oh, yeah, top five heavyweights, and I would go top ten pound for pound. Um, I don't think his career is, as people like to call it, as bulletproof as, say, Randy Couture's, as George St. Pierre's. Like, you look at it and you're like, man, what if? That's just the one yeah. question you ask with him. The thing is, though, <clears throat> I I guess when I look at uh, top tens and pound for pounds, too, it's like, uh, I'm sorry, George St. Pierre is, is in the top 15 with me, but not the top 10. I'm sorry. you uh, if you, But this is just my opinion and my opinion alone. If you want to be truly great, quit writing out decisions. Get some knockouts. Get some submissions. You know, uh, make the fight exciting. I got so sick of G- GSP in the end because he got boring. Well, I, I think there's something to be said with fighters have to be engaged. And those fights near the end of GSP's welterweight run, I I don't think they excited him. You really look at it, Josh Koscheck. Okay, uh, Dan Hardy should have been. I mean, he should have done a lot more against Dan Hardy because Dan Hardy does not have much of a ground game. Right. He's, 
I just think he, he got to a point where he's like, I'm just good enough to ride this out. I, yeah. what, why do I, in, it's unfair to the fans to a degree where he could just sit there and say, okay, well, I could knock this guy out, but why? What, why put myself at risk? And so I, if I had to, if I had to say it right now, just because I watched quite possibly one of the just awe-inspiring performances live and in person when he beat Tim Sylvia, I would go with the GOAT being Randy Couture. Oh, I couldn't. You know what? You and I both, because number one, I, I mean, I'm, I'm my first uh, idol, of course, in MMA was Hoist Gracie. And uh, I will always have respect and admiration for the Gracie family. But with Randy Couture, I remember first watching him back in uh, uh, UFC 13 in 2000, or excuse me, 1997. And I thought, yeah, this guy's pretty good. And then he beat Vitor Belfort. And then he beat Maurice Smith in a very boring fight to become the heavyweight champion. But I'm still, I was like, you know what? Not not bad at all. And, and then it, uh, he came back at the age of 37. And that's where... Uh, I started realizing when I hit my forties, which I'm there now, I'm 48. like 39. He, he, this guy's showing the sky's the limit. You don't get old. I mean, I mean, yeah, towards the end he did. I saw that he was slowing down, losing reflex and things like that. Uh, but that's where my, at, that's the reason why I have such great admiration for him because he was such, he was able to, dominate the way he did at such an advanced age. I mean, yeah, we saw George Foreman knock out, uh, uh, I forgot his name. I think uh, Michael Moore was his name, you know, but uh, he was getting his ass kicked before he landed that punch. And, uh, you know, Randy Couture was just dominant from start to finish most of the time. And that's why I've got Randy Couture as – the the goat, especially of the heavyweight and, and light heavyweight division. Yeah, absolutely. But, and he would have he would have finished Fedor, no doubt. I I think Fedor would have won early. I I I not won the fight early, but if we're looking at scorecards early on, Fedor would have had a decisive advantage. But I think as the fight wore on, that's. It, when Randy would start getting in deep, clinch, takedowns, dirty boxing, I think Fedor would have gotten worked over. And I don't think it would have been pretty. But but I also, that's another thing is now that I mention it is I, you never really saw, and I think this is a tribute to how good he was. You never really saw Fedor in those deep waters where in, you, where you really see a fighter's intestinal fortitude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause he dominated for those long rounds in pride, but yeah, uh, yeah. But his will was never really, really tested. Still with that said though, I mean, we, we did, really did see the end of an era in, in MMA and, uh, you know, and, and it's always going to be a what if, but, uh, you know, between Oleg Taktarov and Fedor Emelianenko and, and other, uh, other fighters. Yeah. Other fighters we're seeing whether they come out of, uh, Russia, Bel Belarus, Ukraine, Georgia, 
you know, that you got to understand those guys are probably the toughest warriors on the planet. They're not even human when they when they get in the ring. These are machines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I. It just I remember watching some pride events and Billy, you can attest to this. Uh, they they are live on pay-per-view. So you, I was up at two in the morning watching them because yeah. that was here in Iowa. It was like one in the morning when they would start. Yeah. Um, and when Fedor was on, it wasn't I never went into a Fedor pride fight at heavyweight. I. I think the only time I questioned it is when he fought Noguera, but it was always not if, but when, Yep. when was, when was it going to happen? Yes. But we actually have to move on with the conversation because like I said, this has been a very interesting week in sports. I mean, I, yeah, I know we got this, got the super bowl coming up, but LeBronica J excuse me, LeBron James, uh, he wins the scoring title, and oh boy, look at my my Facebook feed still won't shut up about it. But the fact of the matter is, okay, so the, and there people are like, oh boy, here come the Jordan fans; they're going to criticize it. The thing is, why is he the all-time leading scorer? It's it's because of longevity, and not only that, it's a different era. Uh, the the era that Jordan had to play in was a more defensive and brutal era that LeBron James couldn't handle, and I and I mentioned that it's like, a, and they said, well, in his, but he's a he's a six foot eight, two hundred and sixty pounds of muscle. He can easily handle the the plumber's era of the NBA. Yeah, I, uh, okay, so this is where MMA comes into play. Brock Lesnar. Big monster coming into the UFC, but could he take a punch? No. Uh, who else? Who other big guys came into MMA who who looked fierce as all hell? But once they got hit, they were done. Gabriel Gonzaga. G yeah, Gabriel Gonzaga was one. How about um, who, who's the other one? I'm trying to think of. Um, um, you know, just I mean, a monster, Bobby Lashley. We saw he was dominant in MMA, and, you know, he's still a big guy in the WWE, and he's in there with his old buddy Brock Lesnar. When he fought Chad Griggs in Strike Force, and he got hit for the first time, oh, I mean, and that, that was really the first time he got hit. He didn't like it. So Daniel Pewter is another one. Uh, da Daniel Pewter won all of his fights, though. I, have a, I actually have a lot of respect for him. I've interviewed him in the past. I... The one thing I will respect him for is being in a no-win situation in the middle of the ring with Kurt Angle and standing up for himself. And nearly breaking Kurt Angle's arm. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, they called it a pin just because he was on his back, but they didn't understand the guard and how, how a Kimura submission works. Um, but... Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is just because you're big and strong and you're a big walking mountain of muscle doesn't mean you're tough. It First, I, I want to say that I, I give credit where credit is due. To score 38,000 career points it is a monumental achievement. It, no matter what era you played in, um, I mean, 
I heard the argument, well, Kareem played in an era where there wasn't guys his size. And that's very true. Kareem did play in an era where it was very, where it was few and far between where there was a guy his size. Um, but Billy, to your point, one, in Jordan's era and Kobe's era, both of them, you had to be a two-way player. You had to excel at offense and you had to excel at defense. Now you can be merely average at defense and excel at scoring. Yeah. Um, but also, how about this? You put LeBron James in there against the Detroit Pistons of the late 80s, early 90s. Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn, um, who, who else? Dennis Rodman. You John know, Sally. And, I mean, the way Chuck Daly, uh, he set up uh, such defensive plays. I mean, I... Hey, Bill Lambeer. He he was a dirty player, but and he was out to hurt you when he was on the court. But we saw LeBron, we see LeBron James take a mere slap to the shoulder and he's whining. He he couldn't handle himself against in that I, era. I think physically he could handle himself in that era. I don't think emotionally he could handle himself in that era. And I, he was. I, because, because emotionally, no. The minute that Bill Lambeer hip tosses him to the ground, he's up and screaming. No, if Bill Lambeer hip tosses you, there's two things you can do about it. One, you can lay there until your teammates come running over. Or two, you get up and you start swinging. And that's what Larry Bird did. Yeah, that's another thing, too, is people are saying that LeBron is tougher than Larry Bird. I, oh. I, Larry, Larry Bird put his body on the line and was forced into retirement because he played too damn hard. Larry, Larry gets disrespected, and I want... You know what? I don't have to choose my words carefully because I'm on Outlaw Radio. Larry gets criticized because he is white end of story you talk to anybody whether it be bill lambeer or magic johnson ac green big game james larry bird was a bad man and larry bird could take anything you dished out at him and so it, that's it larry that criticism and he wasn't that athletic either. But you want to talk oh. about you want to talk about toughness and heart. Hmm, let, let let me share my screen with you for, and I'm going to play a video that shows what real toughness and heart in the NBA was. I mean, this is a game I will never ever forget. Oh, no matter how sick I was. How tired I was. I felt the obligation to my team, to the city of Chicago, to go out give that extra effort. The big story here tonight, the story concerning Michael Jordan's physical conditions. This Jordan arriving about two hours ago. He is suffering from flu-like symptoms. I always felt that Michael liked it best when it was the toughest odds against him. 
And while it's never really fun to be sick, it just added to the legend. Slip it and then take it back and hit. So Michael Jordan, despite visibly shaken by the flu symptoms. Isley starts his assault, gets it to Malone. Underhand layup, good. Shot clock at four. Morris. A fiery start for the Utah Jazz. The first quarter was probably just to get some of the flu out, but you know what? As the game go along, and you're a great player such as Mike, you're going to find a way to get it done. And that second quarter, he, he caught fire. Jordan puts moves on Hornacek. Jordan, yes. Not bad for a guy playing with the <laughs> flu symptoms. And the steal by Jordan. Putting behind the back on Russell. He turned it around. He would do whatever he could to win the game. And if it took conning you, he would con you. Sometimes I myself always questioned how sick he was. Jordan got the stick. Jordan has tied the game at 63. Michael Jordan might have been sick, but he wasn't sick to play basketball. I mean, if you if you bought into that, you could have been sold anything in the world. Jordan, yes. Jordan fires for three. Yes. And he did it in casual form. You get the idea he's having difficulty just standing up. Oh, well, he's playing. He's unbelievable, but as soon as there's a stoppage in play, he's coming over to the bench for a timeout, he's just like, oh, and he drops. The game tied at 85. 10 on the shot clock. Over 28, yeah! They lead it! 38 points for the King! 88-85. Classic performance by the flu-ridden Michael Jordan. Michael Bowles and defeated the Utah Jazz. I was really tired, I was very weak. Somehow I found the energy to stay strong. I wanted it really bad. You know, what I'm going to say about that is, number one, that wasn't the flu because uh, he caught it after eating some bad pizza. He, he had food poisoning. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, one thing that's lost in that whole game is the gra the gravity of the situation they were in. Uh, yeah, because the I mean the the Jazz were a formidable opponent for for the Bulls at that time, you know. And I was sick and tired of Michael Jordan. I hated him because he kept on winning, and I wanted to see an underdog ever since. You know, Jordan took out Clyde Drexler in 92. It's like I kind of had that urge. I wanted to see him lose, you know, because Clyde Drexler is my first uh, my first idol in sports. You know, I, I was a, a Trailblazers fan. Um, but, you know, for him to do that, score 38 points, that that's not skill. That's heart. 
That is, yeah. that is determination, and that is something that LeBron James do, may, only has a little bit of. He does I, not, not have the toughness and heart that Michael Jordan had. I, I mean, what's that? <laughs> I, I said this to my cousin Joe one time. I'm like, you want me to tell you why? It goes in my, again, I'm sorry to do a list, but it goes Mike, Kobe, LeBron. And it goes one, two, dot, 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 three. And here's why. Because Kobe and Mike wanted to kill you. Kobe and Mike wanted to destroy you. Kobe and Mike... It was all about basketball. Did they have other business ventures? Certainly they did. Mike had the shoes. Kobe had his dealings. But nothing superseded basketball. It was all in. All the time. And with LeBron, it's you don't get that impression. It's about his brand, and that's fine. He's worked hard to cultivate that brand. So kudos to him, and he's building a future not just for him but for his family. So nothing but respect. But if if Mike and Kobe, and this is the question I've posed, and I haven't had anyone – I haven't even had anyone answer it because most of them are LeBron fans and they can't answer it honestly. If Mike and Kobe would have had the season LeBron had last year on his team, would they be attending a Hollywood movie premiere in a movie they were starring in? Would they be filming an HBO TV series? The Shop? No. The day that season's over, the day after, 6 a.m., Mike and Kobe, they're in the gym. They're yeah. working. That's the, that's just the thing I wanted to get at, too, Eric. You know, we got to wrap this up here pretty soon. Um, but when uh, the year before Michael Jordan won his first championship against the Lakers, the team had lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Detroit Pistons. And you have there's video out there of Bill Lambeer and and Dennis Rodman and, and all of them bragging because yeah, Bill Mahorn wasn't on the team at that time. He got traded, um, but they were bragging like every time Jordan comes near the near the basket, we're going to clobber him, you know. And they did, and he took some vicious beatings from the Pistons. Where whereas uh, that would have put the kind of beatings that LeBron would have been on the retreat and would have cried about. Jordan said, "Damn." I, I got to toughen up some more. I'm going to, I'm going to go lift some weights following. And then the, the season comes up and he's, he's put on about uh, 20 more pounds of muscle. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing is that's the way both Mike and Kobe were like they would. And if anyone disputes how great Michael Jordan was do this right now. Yeah, I'm sorry, Billy. I'm going to tell him this. After you're done listening to this show, don't stop listening to Outlaw Radio. Wait till the show's over. Show some respect. I want you to go to your smart TV, pick up your remote, 
go to Netflix and search The Last Dance. Oh, yeah. And I want you, I want you to watch all four parts of that. And then you come back to me and tell me that Michael Jordan and LeBron James are cut from the same cloth. And, not, and say it with a straight face. Yeah. I mean, not only that, too. I mean, uh, also credit's got to go for both Kobe and Michael Jordan were coached by the greatest coach ever in the NBA under Phil Jackson. I, oh, I, I like Phil. I like Phil. He's in my top five of all-time greatest coaches. But I got to go with Mike Krzyzewski is the greatest coach in any sport. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say Red Auerbach. Nah, nah, I can't let I can't let my uh I can't let my Boston bias show. But no, I got I, I got to go with Mike Shashevsky, the Duke you know, coach. I mean, I've always and probably always will be a Portland fan, so I think you and I can both appreciate Bill Walton. Yep, nineteen seventy seven and nineteen eighty six. Yep. I mean, by the way, yeah, that's another one, too, because I'm just going to say this, too, is uh, Bill Walton had pretty much nothing left but pure heart in uh, in that 86 season, and that's where he used whatever he had left to win that last championship. You know, that's the thing is that's what uh, Casey Jones told him. I don't want you for the player you were. I want you for what you are now. You're a body. Go out there, get me a few rebounds, get me a few points, get us over the hump in a tight game. That's what I want you for. And, and he played eighty, I think, eighty-two games that year. So, yep. Anyway, yeah. we are officially out of time. Uh, but real quick, if you got any anything you wish to plug, Eric. Uh, yeah, uh, people can tune in to Matt Connerton Unleashed every Friday. Uh, it is on at 4, 4 p.m. East, Eastern time, I believe. Yes. Sorry, I'm Central time, so time zone switches confuse me. <laughs> uh, every Friday at my classic film review. This month, we're doing films associated with Black History Month, so we have two films left of that. So, yeah, every uh, and they should listen to Matt anyway, you know, uh, probably, yeah. one of, probably, you know, what makes Matt great is he welcomes everybody, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Matt Covington. That's yeah, so yeah. <laughs> uh, We all love yeah, that. Well, I mean, us untalented people that aren't from New York, Billy. <laughs> No, but uh, hey, I'm looking forward to the uh, trip to New Hampshire. Where you know, I'm, I mean, I myself am on te- temporarily on a, on a terrestrial station uh, while Colonel Wyatt's out. So, <laughs> and yes, it's out of New Hampshire, and it's got nothing to do with Matt, which is which is quite ironic. So, yeah, I I I've already told uh, Jenny that I would love to go up there and visit and. Yeah, I mean both both Matt Con- Connerton and Jenny Coffee, both amazing people, and everyone. I mean, what you enjoy about Billy's show, you would enjoy about Matt's show. Matt's show certainly two 
tone down a little bit on the language because he has to be. Yeah. But but yeah, it, it's independent. He allows everyone to have a voice. And, you know, Billy, you know, I'm a conservative, despite what some uh, East Coast blowhards might think. Uh, and Matt allows me to have a voice. Exactly. So, and and uh, yeah, he he, uh, he knows that uh, I'm more right wing than Ted Nugent. Or am I? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think my hat says it. I've got I've got a shirt that says never apologize for being a patriot. But uh, yeah. Anyway, we have to cut it. Uh, but hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Billy. It's always a pleasure to be on Outlaw Radio. Yeah, thank you. Uh, take it easy. All right, there you have the discussion with Eric Pilcher, and it's always good talking to him. All right, time to go to the next music set. Coming up, we have Break My Fall, going to be followed by Black Hawk. Then we have Gina Serrano, Mike LaPone's Silent Assassins, and Chino XL with Ramaduke. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask, Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan.
skills go no gold. I feel no pain. Fight like me, it's like fighting a train. I intimidate, dominate, ship your life break. Drop you in the sea and feed you to the sharks. I'ma break every bone got made in your body. You can see the hate when I illustrate. If you're scared, say you're scared. This is your last chance. I'm making it known. The Grim Ripper, yeah, here to take you home. You gon' suffer, your face gon' bleed. Cardiac arrest, you just can't breathe.
you'll see on your TV screen But it took me such a long time to love the woman I see Can't tell you that I don't have any regrets But I take them all as lessons learned and keep them in the
Autism, I almost sold my soul Underneath the bridge like a grumpy old troll Hands pulling me below inside a gray powdered snow For them cylindrical capsules, I let my last dollar go My emotions volatile on this potion, I'm irresponsible Found my love, take it in vain, these are the pain from a while ago Trying to turn my mind new, however minute My childhood was cruel, but liquid in the spoons Making my past tolerable Rest only as I I drive on the street like she's my only companion Hurting without her, I'll certainly be deceased hanging here yeah. A beast with fangs and a leash anger that's only calm By the warm needle when it's pushed perfectly through my dirty feeble epidermis on my arm Gone, fetal and numb, like a flower that's slumbering eternally in this fine tomb Actually woke up to nurses inside of a white Roman bomb But I'm still in love with Miss Heron, still glad that I put her on At least I have She left me and it tore me apart, my God You could hear the scar tissue shatter inside of my heart The same mist that saved me from the abyss in the dark Became my muse and assisted me with my twisted heart Her thorn sharp, I'm the rose petal that fell from its pedestal Unbearable God witnesses, the frozen princesses couldn't let it go The interruption of a king, my slim heroine's grin Taught me that I had even more to lose than everything She kills suffering, she's too good to be true They wanna take my interest from syringes, but I'ma stick with you race theory, social justice indoctrination, and the sexualization of children have infiltrated our schools and libraries. Leftist organizations and causes are being funded with your tax dollars, and it's happening right here, right now, in Idaho. Our state is at risk of becoming another California. 
But one organization is working to fix that, save Idaho, and save America. The Idaho Freedom Foundation. For 13 years, the Idaho Freedom Foundation has been fighting for Idaho's future, our families, and our children. Exposing and defeating socialism and taking on the establishment. But now we need your help. Get involved. Learn more about the Idaho Freedom Foundation at IdahoFreedom.org. At some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? Heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be all right for a week or two, but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Point, located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government, 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine square mile city of like-minded people who know the best way to deal with a disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug-out bunker with the amenities of home, visit TerraVivos.com. T-E-R-R-A-V-I-V-O-S.com. X-Point. X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats. That's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with We The People Holsters. If you own a handgun, then you know you need the perfect holster to go with it. We The People Holsters are made right here in the USA by gun nerds who are not afraid to support our Second Amendment. Whether you want Kydex or leather, We The People Holsters has just what you need. We The People Holsters is the preferred option of professionals throughout the law enforcement industry, as well as those serving in the branches of the armed forces. Simply go to www.outlawradioabs.com, go to the store section, and click on the We The People Holsters banner to select the holster that's perfect for you. Don't wait. Get your holster from We The People Holsters today. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray products. 
Plus. From the Ultra 10,000 nanograms package to the Platinum 300,000 nanograms package. They're also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again. From the bowels of a nondescript building in a little hick town, this is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in the mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio. Yes, indeed. The songs you just heard, you just heard Chino XL with Rama Duke with Under the Bridge, not necessarily a cover, just using some of the stuff from the same song titled by from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Then before that, Mike LaPon's Silent Assassins with Black Legend. Before that, Gina Serrano with The Woman I Am. Before that, Black Hawk with If You're Scared, Say You're Scared. And starting off the whole set, Break My Fall with Light It Up. And as always, do not forget our affiliates. Yes, indeed. All links in the, the description. Mike Lindell's My Pillow, Caravan to Midnight, Patriot Cigar Company, uh, We the People Holsters, uh, Red Pill University, um, Tactical Brotherhood. Like I said, all links in the description if you're watching the video. Or go to the store section of outlawradioabs.com. All right, moving right along. It is time for the Steve solution with the icon, Stephen James. Here we go. If you have any trouble voting, they have officials there at the election site to assist. If you need assistance, that's what they're there for. They cannot tell you who to vote for, how to vote, whatever. That is against so many laws it's not even funny and if there's ever a whiff of that i think every vote in a particular precinct could be nullified and certainly the participant could find him or herself doing some jail time this is the steve solution with stephen james on outlaw radio ladies and gentlemen welcome to the steve solution i am your host the icon stephen james joined as always by the co-founder and president of AOW Productions, Bad Billy himself. What's going on, buddy? Uh, not a whole lot, but uh, looking at your picture, and damn, you've uh, turned quite handsome. You know, I keep seeing this little flicker thing going on, and there's this really ugly motherfucker that keeps popping up on my screen. Uh, yeah, I see an ugly guy, too, but uh, that ugly guy doesn't have much of a beard. I mean, the, the handsome guy has a beard. Oh, you mean Tommy Coolwater? <laughs> I don't know. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with our video. Uh, we're just going to roll with it. Yeah. So for anybody, you guys watching this on video, I apologize. We don't know what the hell's going on. We've tried to fix it, and it's not working. All right. So topic for discussion, of course, the um, it's like uh, they're passing laws anymore laws are getting passed but yet ignored now these laws are put in place to help protect our constitutional rights or protect what's moral 
and uh, determine. I mean, I'm sorry. We, I think we can determine what's moral and immoral. You know, like giving a uh, child puberty blockers, I think is highly immoral and very dangerous. And there have been laws put in place where, uh, no, you can't do that. That is illegal, but yet they're doing it anyway. Or they're or they're fi they're finding ways to uh, to to weasel it through, or or trying to find the loopholes. Okay, we're not we can't teach critical race theory, so let's ch let's uh, change the name of it and still it's, keep. It's like anything when it comes to politics, money buys what you want, and even in a state like Idaho, where the vast majority of people are very much patriots and they are, you know, voting what they assume to be good moral people into office. Those good moral people are still taking money and letting all this shit happen. Well, like, yeah, Brad little has proven our governor, Brad little, what he has proven is, is he's definitely a rhino. You got Republicans that at least one Republican who, who has told me that uh, she will vote Democrat before she votes for the so-called Republican Brad Little because, oh, um, if a if a Democrat uh, has has some uh, wild stuff, uh, whether they be executive orders or, or shit they want to have passed, you know, they will be met with opposition from the from the Senate and the House and. And all the other people, but if it, but uh, since everybody else is a Republican, uh, you know, and Brad Little being a Republican himself, he get, he get calls for the same type of thing a Democrat would have. Oh, he's a Republican, so he must be right, and we're going to go with it. They're, they wouldn't they they wouldn't oppose it at all. So yeah, so she said she would vote Democrat as a means of uh, a strategic measure. Which was well, smart. I never thought about that before. Yeah, but it, you know, as a strategic measure, maybe it works, but it also fucks people in the short term because she's voting for democratic policies. Democratic policies that be met with opposition. I mean, that's what Brad Little is already putting into place is, de is uh, democratic policies, but not being met with opposition because of the other Republicans, you know, it's kind of like that even our government uh, officials, a lot of them are, are dumbed down so bad, you know, you know how it is. Um, if, if they've got, if they've got a PhD or doctor or whatever at the end of their name, they must be right. So they're kind of looking at the same thing. Oh, he's a Republican. So he must be right. Let's go with it. That's the downside of politics, unfortunately, is where we keep voting in the wrong people, whether it be by party line. Well, actually, it's always by party line. We're voting in the wrong people just because they're running under a particular ticket. You know, take California as an example. They keep just automatically electing Democrats because they're Democrats and that state in the last 20 years is unrecognizable. It's a shithole, but they keep electing Democrats. It's like, you know, uh, from what I understand, Arnold was not a very good governor. I, 
He was uh, not, but he was also not a Republican. He's what he's he, the very definition of a rhino. From what I, he, the only reason why he won is name value. So that's the other thing too. With either they they have name value or they're you know they're of that party, so they must be right. And the fact that you know it was a special election, they you know the citizens of California, myself at the time, that was one of them, voted to recall Governor Gray Davis, who was not a very good governor, and everybody under the sun was allowed to run at that point because it was a special election, including you know porn stars and Gary Coleman. So, you know, the two top choices were Gray Davis's Lieutenant Governor Cruz Bustamante, who single-handedly, you know, helped sink that fucking state to the point that it was in then, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, who we were like, okay, well, maybe the Terminator can save us. No, was not a good governor. You know, the short time I lived in California, which is about three years, uh, Pete Wilson was uh, governor then, and uh, I honestly, I was too young to follow politics then, but from what I understand, he did a fairly I, good job. I like Pete Wilson. I don't like the fact that he tried to, you know, find actors for, you know, smoking, but that's not a real big issue, so. Yeah. You just yeah. remember Charlie Sheen on Dennis Miller Live saying, can I light a cigarette and piss off Pete Wilson and get fined 500 bucks? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a bit ridiculous. Um, no, but he, here we are now. Um, you know, there's that big controversy there with uh, Ammon Bundy and the fact oh, over over that one child. And I forgot his name, but uh, they yeah they want to go after him for an article that was written in another state, St. Luke's Medical Regional Hospital. Now, I'm going to tell you something about those assholes. I have my own problems with them, and it and it runs pretty deep. Okay, so I I've made it no secret my my daughter got pregnant at thirteen. All right, she she made a mistake and and fell for some bullshit, and she ended up pregnant. Not too long after she had the baby, um, she's it was like a month or two after everything was said and done. She started having abdominal pain, and uh, it was it was pretty bad. And she asked to be taken to the hospital. Hospital said, "Oh, it's just a belly ache. Uh, we can't do nothing for you except give you some Alka Seltzer and here, take these and, and go home." And uh, oh, if, what was it? Uh, maybe a week or two later, she starts having these abdominal pain again. Asked to be taken to the hospital again. They run a uh, what an MRI or X-ray or what, whatever the hell? Probably a CT scan. No, no CT scan. I think is a head. Uh, it was an MRI. I think is what it was. And they said, "Well, nothing wrong with you. Take take a couple of Alka Seltzers. Just a bellyache, you know." And then, of course, a few more times, she's having these abdominal pains. We, she's like, "Take me to the hospital," and we're like, "No, because they're not going to do anything except tell you it's a bellyache and send your ass home." But then, uh, of course, this was Twin Falls. Then, of course, uh, my wife and I hit our first anniversary, and uh, we're all in Boise. Her and I got uh, 
got a room at the honey uh the honeymoon suites in boise these really big nice rooms you know with the with the big bathtubs you know like uh, these bathtubs they were fuck tubs you know what i mean <laughs> uh, and they were themed that, not not prominent to the story but let's go <laughs> and they were your, your wife's already mad that we have to record right now so let's yeah. speed it up <laughs> yeah so you know we're staying the night there and, and uh our daughter she's Stay, she's staying with a friend and all of a sudden they said that she's having abdominal pain. They're, they're taking her to the hospital this time in Boise. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go again. And she's going to get told the same thing again. No, thank God it was in Boise this time because uh, they, they, they did a thorough scan and found she had gallstones. But the fucked up thing is, is that the Twin Falls Hospital Put the gallstones, they found the gallstones, put them in the fucking paperwork, and still told her nothing was wrong. Uh, I assume you're suing the hospital? No, it's already past time to do that. Not only that, the people have attempted to sue that hospital for for lesser things, and, and, uh, and, and still the hospital wins. I still want to suck. The more lawsuits, the more, you know, politicians can't, you know, turn a blind eye. But, you know, this is at some point, the politicians are going to have to say, look, you're being fucking sued left and right. I can't protect your ass anymore. Fuck off. That's why you put forth the lawsuit. But uh, but nonetheless, I I mean, had she had died, oh, my goodness, what we would have done then. Uh, Thank God that didn't happen. Well, you'd be driving a Bentley right now, but yeah, but and uh, and, and I'd be living in the guest house. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, this is the same hospital that's uh, giving puberty blockers to minors that after they they know damn well they're not supposed to. And I wonder who they're being backed by. It's not even so much that it's for the hospital. I guarantee it's not a political type statement. You know, they're not that fucking woke. No business that big is that fucking woke. It's about the bottom line. Always. It's always about the bottom line, which is money. That's purely the end of it they are making more money by doing this and uh by breaking the law yes and i'll keep on going explain i'm sure you know they're possibly and maybe not even being fined by you know every instance that they're being reported for breaking the law they may be fined by that but you watched the same video that i did with uh mr bundy you know breaking down all the subsequent things that happened it just doesn't start with puberty or puberty blockers there's surgeries there's aftercare there's all this other things that the hospital keeps getting billed or that they keep billing for and making money on now are they being busted and fined? I don't know, but I guarantee you that fine is less than what they're taking in, so they don't fucking care. It's very much like uh, like when an oil company sends a tanker to 
a country on a banned list. Let's say it's, I don't know, Syria. If Syria is not allowed to sell oil to, you know, whatever country, the oil company still sends that tanker to Syria. They fill it up with oil. They leave. They get stopped. If they get stopped, they get fined. The fine is less, way less than the amount of the oil in the tanker. And they get to keep the oil and sell it. There's no downside for the oil company. They're going to keep going against these sanctions. That's just the way it works. It's the same thing in this particular case. When and if they are busted on this stuff and get fined by the state, they're paying these fines, but they're breaking in so much more from the insurance companies and individuals that they don't fucking care. That's the long and short of it. And then, of course, yeah, like uh, I mentioned earlier, critical race theory. It's not allowed to be taught in the state of Idaho. So they just simply change the name from critical race theory to something else. And voila, they, there they are teaching it. And that, I mean, how many times have we seen tricks like that be done? Unfortunately, until... Every American stops with this fucking stupid woke bullshit and stands up, starts calling their congressmen, starts calling their senators, starts calling their city councilmen, and really stands up. Nothing is going to change. Man, how, because how because the only thing that combats money is speech. And the only thing politicians understand is your ass is not going to get reelected again when you're getting 200 phone calls a day saying, I'm not going to vote for you unless you fix this shit. That's when shit changes. But then again, you know, you know what else, you know what else I've, I've noticed this, you know, Tina Forte was uh, somebody I was pulling for out of New York she was going up against AOC and, uh, you know, of course, Ammon Bundy uh, going up against Brad Little and 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 uh, a lot of these like AOC did it. Brad Little did it. And quite a few others refusing to debate. Why? They because they they know that if they debate, there's a good chance they're going to lose. So they skip out on the debate and then the they keep the sheep right where they want them basically is how not debating works because if they if they go and debate they're going to get questioned on their policies and procedures and the way they do shit and then they then they have a good chance of losing cuz that's going to wake the people up but if we don't debate you know we don't make any noise the sheep are going to sleep and when they do agree to a debate they're so laden with rules we don't have a lincoln douglas debate anymore where you know two guys will stand up there for hours and answer questions and defend their positions we get a question followed by you get a, a 90 second period to answer and your opponent gets a one minute period to respond to which you get a 30 second period to respond to the response and if the moderator doesn't like it he can stop it and like jesus fucking christ just answer the fucking question 
But then at the same time, you know, I mean, uh, you, you had Joe, you had Donald Trump uh, put Joe Biden in his place. I don't know how, how many times was that? And every single time the moderator was like, uh, Mr. President, you need to stay on topic and uh, we're going to get back to this question. Oh, no, not like that one time, though. There was one where uh, they were they were talking. Uh, Donald Trump get, did get to ask the question in the eight years. Why didn't you put these policies in procedure when you could have done it? And uh, and Joe Biden goes, because uh, I had to deal with Republicans. And then, yeah, well. and then and then and then Trump's like, you got to convince them, Joe. I had to deal. I had to deal with Democrats, and I convinced them. <laughs> well, he didn't really convince them so much as bully them, but you know, it is what it is. Ah, some people need some slapping down once. In a while. I'm not arguing with that. Yeah, it's I, like, I am. I am curious. Uh, in this particular case of why uh, Mr. Bundy is being sued in the initial article, why was this child taken away from, uh, I, was, I believe it was a him, his parents? Uh, that I don't, I don't know. I didn't really follow up on that story too much. I, I didn't have time either. I was it, curious about it, that. It, it's a very tragic story. That much I do know. And uh you know that's um, when it comes when it comes to these types of things. That's something uh, Bundy is very passionate about. Is you know keep, keep keeping families together that need, that should be kept together. Obviously, we know obviously uh, kids should be taken away from abusive parents, but uh, at the same t at the same time now you know there are kids getting taken away from their parents because their parents don't want them to learn uh, critical race theory and this woke bullshit. And I'm I'm wondering when, how long is it going to be before they outlaw homeschooling? Because uh, hey, nope, you got you got to learn this shit. Well, it's going to be a minute for that because they're still trying to push the whole mask mandate thing, and you know, distance learning as they called it, or uh, anything like that. As long as they're still trying to push a mask mandate anywhere, they're not going to prohibit you, you know, raising or schooling your child from home. They're just going to require they do it through their curriculum and through their computer, yeah. which, uh, you know, my son's was taken away today because my 10 year old figure out figured out how to uh hack the system and change every student's profile picture which i gotta say he is very much in trouble for and i'm extremely proud of him because that's some impressive shit for a 10 year old oh yeah yeah he, well he hacked out the the whole the entire school not just his school the school district Oh boy! So even the teacher said she was impressed by his technological aptitude. I believe is the word she used. So, so you got a little David Lightman. I uh, I might have a young Bill Gates on my hand, and I'm open for that for my retirement. Or if you know who David Lightman is, but I've never heard the name. Well, Matthew Broderick, Broderick played him in the early 80s. Oh, War Games, right. <laughs> Would you like to play a game, David? <laughs> yeah.
Uh, change your grades too if he figures that out. Hey, yeah. He just needs to get better at not getting caught. <laughs> oh shit. But but yeah. Um so it, it makes me concerned though, is what what laws do you think they're going to break next? Just to make sure you know that their agenda gets properly uh, followed. It's an interesting question because you know Idaho is a pretty red state, and if people and organizations that are this blue and have this woke agenda can push this much through in a red state. Where does our country stand as a whole? Because I think we're kind of fucked. Yeah, and I mean, and I, I believed North Carolina to be a pretty red state, but the city of Asheville, I don't know if you've been there or not, but it's absolutely beautiful. It's not too far from the Great Smoky Mountains. But and Antifa has taken it over. And uh, yeah, it's, it's become a... It's become a democratically run shithole, and what that that's experiencing a rise in crime. And I think uh, now they're trying to say now you can't care, even though it's a it's a place where uh, you have you can carry a concealed weapon if you have a license, but once you get into town, you got to put it away. In, in a lot of ways, it's like uh, you look at Austin, Texas, is a really good example of that the vast majority of the state of texas is very you know right wing um very yeah citizen friendly austin is a very very open and liberal city that hasn't quite gone insane yet but is on their way there yeah and uh, oh that's why uh, Bat City Antifa. That's one of the where one of the biggest Antifa chapters is right there in Austin, Texas. Right. And, uh, you know, Adam Carroll kind of said it best. He did a show there a while ago. He said, "You know, I appreciate the fact that you know you guys have good food and you guys are open to new ideas. You know, let your freak freak flag fly just a little bit, but just a little bit. Stop being fucking crazy." Uh, well, I got nothing good to say about Antifa. I can't stand the communist motherfuckers. And uh, I don't know, uh, either, either drop out or die. I, I, either way, I fuck them. Fuck them. Well, I'm glad you're the first brave soul that has ever said that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll say it again. If they want to come to my house, they will get met with a fucking surprise. You're going to bake them a cake? Oh, lead cake. You bake cakes with lead? Hmm. Never thought. I'll, I'll figure out how to do it, but it'll evolve. Or what, what was that they said? Uh, somebody wants, somebody from Antifa wants to pay me a visit. I will fill them so full of lead they'll be using their dick full of, for a pencil. You could have just gone with the analogy of, you know, using the uh, stick of dynamite as a candle in the cake. 
<laughs> I was trying to go old school with like some Looney Tune shit, but all right. <laughs> hey, I did go old school. That was eighties. <laughs> I went old school nineteen late thirties, early forties. I mean, you know what where that phrase that I just used came from? No. The three amigos. Oh, uh, yeah, I gotta be honest, never saw it. You never watched three shame on you. As a, one of the greatest comedies of the of nineteen eighty six. I was six in nineteen eighty six. I was watching Looney Tunes then. <laughs> I was twelve. So therefore you would have been watching more mature things. <laughs> At that point, much like now, you're twice my age. Uh no, because we're both in our forties. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm thirty one. Stop. Get, the, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, we gotta we gotta wrap it up. Um yes, we do. But uh, uh Steven, if somebody wants to call, the number is Oh nope. Uh, that actually uh I had to change that. We'll get into that next time. So no. Oh, it's gone. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, but hey, we we still we still got the outlaw radio number. So, all right. Oh, well, great. What's that? Because I never actually memorized that. <laughs> I never memorized it either. I just I've got it on the website. <laughs> oh Lord, we are way out of control tonight. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Stephen James for Bad Billy for Outlaw Radio. For the Steve Solution, we will talk to you guys next week. It has been a pleasure as always. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, well, you're listening to the wrong uh, radio station, so fuck off. <laughs> uh, the number is 208-957-7016. And that's Billy's personal cell, so blow him up on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Good night, folks. We will see you next week. And that's going to do it for this edition of Outlaw Radio. Coming up next week is yet to be determined. We're going to end the show with Mickey and the Motor Cars and Naive. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I shall be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
podcast whatever you do you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel look no further than fresh baked tees t-shirts hoodies tank tops caps beanies koozies banners and even masks you can get them all custom made from fresh baked tees prices are reasonable and negotiable simply go to freshbakedtees.com submit your logo and place your order today Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Get Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better. In the MyPillow store, get pillows and other products. Use the promo code OUTLAW and get up to a 66% discount, even more during specials. In the My Patriot Supply store, prepare for the next unplanned emergency and buy buckets of food with a 25-year shelf life. Check out We the People holsters made in America by gun nerds who are not afraid to support and stand up for their Second Amendment rights. The Tactical Brotherhood is veteran-owned, and the gear and other products they sell are all American-made. A portion of your purchases go to support organizations for veterans. At ConcealedCarry.com, find news, get firearm instruction, and buy accessories and apparel. At Patriot Cigars, purchase premium cigars. Save 15% when you use the promo code OUTLAW. Visit OutlawRadioABS.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. We are proudly sponsored by One of a Kind Art 43, created by professional artist Tammy Blackman. Tammy offers free consultations and will customize your art piece to fit your needs. 
Each of her pieces are, as the name suggests, is one of a kind because each are personalized pieces, and once she is done, there will never be another. If you are interested, go visit Tammy on her social media pages, Facebook and TikTok, by searching One of a Kind Art 43, where Tammy broadcasts her work and she's making custom tumblers or canvas art for another satisfied customer. You can always reach out to Tammy through her email at oneofakindart43 at gmail.com or call 409-234-5156. Although the prices vary, the quality is unmatched. Again, her social media pages are one of a kind with underscores between each word, followed by the word art and the number 43. Thank you again, Tammy, for another presence on this show. Pancakes. Hot, fluffy, delicious pancakes smothered in butter and warm maple syrup. Growing up in foster care, Terrence Williams always dreamed about big family gatherings around the breakfast table with Grandma in the kitchen, cooking up a big family breakfast. As a kid, he could almost smell that intoxicating aroma of those delicious hot and fluffy pancakes. As an adult, he has cultivated his love for cooking and his passion for food into his line of Cousin T's pancake mixes. I'm talking gourmet pancakes here. Go to CousinTees.com. Browse all the pancake choices including buttermilk, apple cinnamon, blueberry, and various limited edition pancake mixes. Show the world how much you love Cousin T's pancakes with Cousin T's apparel and drinkware. Go to CousinTees.com. C-O-U-S-I-N-T-S.com. Cousin T's, y'all, the best pancakes you have ever had. You can't count for these pancakes. Get yours today. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions.